Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> um, <clears throat> great to be with you, to worship with you. We sang some powerful lyrics. Um, I'll get to in a second, but gracious and compassionate. Um, as I was developing what I was going to say, midweek probably, I thought, I wonder if I should tell Paul to sing that, but I know he plans it like before that, so I didn't. I'll just say, and I love just to see what the Holy Spirit does, so it was amazing to come and sing that song. It's so profound to what we're, what we're looking at this morning. So thank you, Paul and guys. Um, this morning's slightly different than what we normally do, and it's actually slightly different from what we normally do on this Sunday. <laughs> um, we are, we've been going through this series pursuing, and, or this very short series, we're about to enter something new next week, pursuing God, pursuing the glory of God, proclaiming the good news of Jesus. Um, and Ali pointed out a brilliant thing last week to us, that um, all of this stuff comes out of the first thing, the pursuing God. And he made the great point that proclaiming Jesus, sharing your faith, praying with someone, trying to be outwardly showing someone the reality of God is just as dependent on the power and the presence of God as if you were praying for their healing or even praying for someone to be raised for the dead. You have no power in that. That's totally God. But you have no power, what well, you can speak, but you have no power and transformation in their life. That is just as much the power and presence of God. And we need to constantly remember that. Uh, and that's our passion for this season as we come into 2023, abide in him. That verse that was on my heart and on our hearts, John 15, five, Allie read it, but those words, apart from me, you can do nothing. Not some thing, not little things, nothing. And I need to grasp the reality of that. And I need to grasp the positive statement of that as well. If you abide in me and I am in you, you will bear much fruit, life, and you will show life. And so I really challenge you as we start 2023, jump on board with this kickstart week, not this coming week next. 24 hours a day, six and a bit days a week from Sunday night to Friday night. Kickstart something in 2023 by taking a space, an hour space or two or seven. Let's start with one. Coming down to the, the space for grace and the room will be set up for you to take a journey and just take space with God outside of the distractions of your family or your home or your kids or your job or your computer screen or turn off your phone. <laughs> Abide in me. We've said a few times, and Ali just said it as well, I think, uh, Pastor Oleg said to us uh, three weeks ago maybe now, be ready. And confess that as Ukrainians, they were not ready for the upheaval that was about to happen in their world. 
but he gave us this practical application of it. He said, read God's word with an open heart and he will reveal incredible things to you. He will reveal incredible things to you. So what are the incredible things? Well, what I want to do this morning is to take us on a bit of a journey, and I kind of went on a memory lane journey this week, remembering significant times in my life where God spoke to me powerfully in the quiet place and from his word. Uh, the first of which really was when I was about 25, actually just before I met Fiona, uh, this passage that God like opened my mind to. And on this journey, I'm gonna leave some space and we're gonna have some more worship throughout it. And I wanna remind us as we continually do that God speaks through his word. He also, I pray, speaks through my mouth and others' mouths, Karen, Ali, Josh, whoever else is up here, Doug, Paul, Suze. But he also speaks through the whole body of the church. So if God has placed something on your heart this week, or maybe this morning, something, just a, a vision, a picture, a phrase, or maybe just a sense that this is the thing, that he's calling me to. And if you feel that's for more than just you, we would love to hear it. Now that's a scary thing. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be up here, although we'd love to come you to come and share it up here. And you could talk to Allie, Allie is a mic, and we'd love to get you up here. But it could just be for the leaders to hear. Or it could be for the person beside you, you to hear. But we'd love as a church to hear it. So as there's space or throughout the time at all, Grab Allie if you want, if you feel compelled. If God's compelling you to share it now, share it now and we'll create space for that. So I want us to take a journey through God's word and it's not, well, it's partly, but it's not like a chronological journey, but just a journey of a grasp of him this morning. And the first is going to start at the first. The start of Genesis begins with four words that say so much more. And before I show you them, let's pray. God, help us to hear you. Holy Spirit, you are here in us, around us, prompting us, prodding us, chasing us, convicting us. Help, help us to hear you. We need you. We wanna see and know incredible things. Yeah, we pray in Jesus' name. The Bible starts with this. In the beginning, God. Before anything, besides anything. Nothing was, nothing was formed. There was nothing to stand on, nothing to look at. In the beginning, God. 
What sort of incredible being is that? And this God spoke and there was light. Let there be. And this God spoke, this God, the God, this being, the creator spoke, spoke just, and there was water and there was land. And God spoke and there were mountains and there were valleys. Mountains that would make Sleeve Daughtered look like a pebble at its base. Everest, K2, so many others. And this God spoke and there were plants and there were animals. And this God spoke and these bodies came into existence. Look at the palm of your hand even. The complexity of the lines, the bones, the tendons, the ligaments, the muscles, the older looking skin on my hand. <laughs> he spoke. When I was about 25, I was probably had read it before, but I was reading through the book of Job. Put the slide up of that. Here's a great picture of Job, maybe. No, the one, yes. Job is a crazy, phenomenal book. And Job went through horrific circumstances. He lost everything. Wife, kids, family, livestock, home. He probably didn't care by that stage. Boils. And God allowed all of it. He was a righteous man, it said. You can imagine the confusion of Job. And there's 30, the first 37 chapters of Job are Job basically saying, God, why? What's going on? I'm righteous. What does all this come for? And then his friends go, and no, you're not righteous, because this would never happen to a righteous man. And Job questioning God and his friends accusing Job. And you can imagine the tension. And at the end of this discussion with Job and his friends, we get this response from God. And this blew my mind when I was 38, 25 years old. So it's Job 38. So the end of a long discussion. Then the Lord answered Job from the whirlwind. Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorant words? <laughs> Brace yourself like a man because I have some questions for you. And you must answer them. Imagine hearing that from God. <laughs> His loincloth would have been soiled. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you know so much. 
Who determined its dimensions and stretched out the surveying line? What supports its foundations and who laid its cornerstone? Do you know? As the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. Can you imagine that? God speaking to them going, yes! Who kept the sea inside its boundaries as it burst from the womb? And as I clothed it with clouds and wrapped it in thick darkness, for I locked it behind barred gates, limiting its shores. I said, this far and no further will you come. Here your proud waves must stop. Have you ever commanded the morning to appear and cause the dawn to rise in the east? Have you made daylight spread to the ends of the earth? Have you? How do we begin to contemplate that God? Sit with that for a moment. And God continues for three chapters. And in chapter 42, Job gets up the nerve again to speak. And he says, I know that you can do anything and no one can stop you. You asked Who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I. It's me. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about. Things far too wonderful for me. Have you ever got to that place with God? We all need to get to that place with God. It's I. And I've been talking about and asking for things that I know nothing about. Things that are far too wonderful for me. That type of revelation can only lead you to two places, I think. Your face (laughs) in repentance and or worship. And we're going to worship, actually, you guys come up. We're going to worship in one second again. 
But I want to remind us before we do that that same God who spoke and the earth was formed. And that same God who spoke and silenced Job in his tracks is the same God which we just sang about. David wrote, the Lord, this Lord, the Lord, is gracious and compassionate. He is slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. The Lord is trustworthy in all he promises and faithful in all he does. And verse 14 of Psalm 145 says, the Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. Lord, I ask for a fresh perspective of you this morning for me and for us. Help us to worship you. Amazing to contemplate who we are in the midst of a vision of God that shows us who he is, who he really is. Who are we? Who are you? Genesis 1, back to the beginning. 20, 25 verses after God spoke. Verse 26. Then God said, it's not gonna, verse not gonna come up there, but a picture. Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. I love that picture because the son is not the father, but he's like the father. And that's the father heart that said, let us make mankind in our own image so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God, Father, although he didn't call himself Father yet at this stage, created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created you.
male and female, he created them. And it's even more personal than that. Psalm 139, David says of the Lord, for you created my inmost being. Next slide. You knit me together in my mother's womb. The detail we know is the reality of that child in the womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Do you believe that this morning? But one of the greatest things we're probably aware of in the world today, as you watch the news in the morning or night or evening, or it's a 24 hour cycle, it never stops. <laughs> or as you just reflect as you go to bed on your thoughts, on your actions, on your words, is that this world is not what it was made to be. You are not the fullness of what you were made to be. Self-seeking, yep. Impatient, yep. Hurtful, sometimes, yep. Greedy, lustful, arrogant. Sinful is the all-encompassing word the Bible puts on it. That's you. That's me. <clears throat> Romans 5, 8 says this, but God, but, showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. First John 1, says this. In fact, if we claim to have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and he is just, and he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. The God who spoke and stars exploded is just. How do you respond to a God that is both awesome, holy, just, judge, love, father, forgiver, gracious. Put the next slide up on the screen. 
I'm not going to read this, but I just give you a few moments to read through this and respond just to God as he leads you. I love how that starts. I didn't write that. I just found it. But I love how it starts. And dear Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. And if you're not in Christ, you need to come to God just with repentance, recognizing him for the first time. But if you're in him, there is repentance. But there's just thank you. Jesus did it. He paid for it. Thank you. Help me to accept your mercy without Shame. How do you respond to that God who's powerful, who's awesome, who's forgiving, and who just calls us to thank him for his forgiveness? We can only respond in worship and in thankfulness. You can let us contemplate that for a bit as we sing one more song, and then we're going to go into one final story that will lead us to communion. Ali challenged us to get off mute last week. (laughs) So I hope that you have a big picture of God in your head. I hope. I hope you have a gracious picture of God in your head. But you know, um, the reality is the greatest picture of God is the visible image of the invisible God, which was, is Jesus. And I want to tell us through, what's his name, the message? Thank you, everybody that remembered other than me. (laughs) Eugene Peterson's translation, the story of one of the stories Jesus told us, the prodigal son, Outside of the cross, this is such a powerful story. And Eugene nails almost all of it. I have one tweak on his. But we know that Jesus is the image of of the the visible image of the invisible God. You want to know what God looks like? You want to know what God would act like? Read and say, Jesus, reveal yourself to me. And I love how Luke 15 starts as this story. Jesus is about to tell this story. It says, verse one says, by this time, a lot of men and women of questionable reputation were hanging out with Jesus. Love that. The God of the universe is hanging out with a lot of men and women with questionable reputations. And they, it says, listen, they were listening intently. 
But it goes on, the Pharisees and religious scholars were not pleased. So again, I love that the visible image of the invisible God was annoying the religious leaders of the day. You can't do it that way. Yes, I can. This is the way to do it. They growled. This is the Pharisees. He takes sinners and eats meals with them, treating them like old friends. And their grumbling triggered a story. So Jesus starts. There once was a man who had two sons. And the younger said to his father, Father, I want right now what is coming to me. And I want to stop because I love that line. I think that line sums up humanity. It sums up me. I don't want the great thing you have to offer me like years from now or that I have to wait a week for. I want right now something. I want my fancy to be tickled right now. I want that thing right now. I want to look at that right now. I want to enjoy that right now. I want to say that thing right now. I want right now the inheritance that will be coming to me. That's the human condition. (laughs) But the father responded and divided up the property between his two sons. And it wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. After he had gone through all his money, there was a bad famine. We know this story all through the country, and he began to feel it. He signed on with a citizen there who had assigned him to his fields to slop the pigs. He was so hungry, he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig's slop, but no one would give him any. He'd gone to the lowest of the low, and that brought him to his senses. And he said to himself, I guess, all those farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day, And here I'm starving to death. That thing that he wanted more than now seems so beautiful and attractive. I'm going back to my father. And and I'll say to him, Father, I have sinned against God. And I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. What a powerful and true statement. Take me on as a hired hand. Take me on as a slave. And he got right up and went home to his father. Stick the next picture up. This is one of my favorite images. When he was still a long way off, he wasn't there yet, his father saw him. His father's heart pounding. He ran out and embraced him and kissed him. And the son started his speech. Father, I have sinned against God and I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. And I think that's what Eugene Peterson gets wrong. 
I think the father was totally listening. And I think the father loved that his son said that to him, that he recognized his brokenness and his sin. I think the father rejoiced at that reality and the son walking up to him. But he, the father called to his servants, quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a prize-winning heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We are going to have a wonderful time. My son is here. He was given up for dead, but now he's alive. He, he was given up for lost, but now he's found. That is such a powerful, true picture of God. I want what's now. And I don't care at what cost. Every single time. But as we're so far off, he's watching. And at that first sign of turnaround, he's running. He's picking up his cloak and he's running towards us. And he does care what you say. He cares that you recognized you're broken, that you offended him. And he loves it when you bring that to him. But he doesn't even let you finish. He just hugs you and puts a ring on your finger and a cloak on your back. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're home. You're found. We definitely need reminded of that picture again and again. Ephesians 2 says this, and it's not going to come up. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. And Ephesians 2.10 says, for we're God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. He's created you new in Christ Jesus so you can do the good things he has planned for you long ago. It's a gift. But it was not a cheap gift. And the visible image of the invisible God who hung out with all these people with horrible reputations, who annoyed the Pharisees because of who he ate and drank and sat and chatted with on the night before, the night he was arrested, was sitting with his 12 best friends sharing the Passover meal. 
and he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it in pieces and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do it again and again. And after supper, he took the wine and said, this is the new covenant. This is the new bargain. This is the new relationship between God and his people. An agreement confirmed in my blood, which, was poor, which is, which will be poured out as a sacrifice for you. We celebrate this, the Lord's Supper or Communion, once a month. And as I say every time, this is a, a practical ritual Jesus gave us to re- remember and proclaim. And if you don't know him, this isn't for you. We're so glad you're here to join and learn, and I pray it will be for you someday. But just let it pass by. Or if you've responded to him for the first time today and you prayed that prayer of forgiveness, then it's for you. It's not a thing you have to work towards for a month or a year. And I pray we all thought through that prayer of repentance. That we can approach this with humility, but also with grace and celebration. Let me challenge us all as we celebrate communion. We're about to give out the bread and then the wine. Actually, if I could have the ushers come forward. What has God put on your heart today? A picture of him, a value of him, worship to him, repentance. Can we speak out short lines of gratitude and thanks for the reality of this gift? the body of Christ given for you. Amen. What did the Holy Spirit reveal to you this morning? What verse or what phrase or what picture did he put in your head? I challenge you to write it down, take a note of it today so you don't forget and go back to it and maybe share it Um, because he speaks and we need to move with that. And then the other challenge is next Sunday night, 7 p.m., if at all possible, and even if not, make a way to get to uh, Space for Grace where we kick off this week of 24-hour prayer. We all need to reset every once in a while and remember that everything comes out of our connection with him. There's no agenda for this week other than reminding ourselves of God, our Father, and our connection to him. Get there next Sunday night. Click on the link in the email. Stick your hour or hours in, and let's start 2023 as we mean to go on.